Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Cardiacrin Kids back again for our seventh episode. I am Mark, and with me as always is Brandon. Today we're going to be talking about all NFL. We're going to be discussing some of the moves that the Browns have made before the start of free agency. Uh, there's a rumor going around right now. Are the Browns shopping Darren Fells? We'll give also a breakdown on the cornerback position, who we have, and what we're looking for as potential free agent targets. And then we'll also discuss who's been released, who's been signed, who's been franchise tagged, who's been traded, and what Brandon and I would like to see the Browns do with free agency starting in less than a week. So, without further ado, let's get it on! Being a Cleveland Brown is way more than just playing football. It's about being an elf. All right, let's get just right into it. Uh, so the big first news we got was on March 7th, which was this past Thursday. Uh, the Browns are releasing Jamie Collins. Uh, it looks like we're going to be saving just a shade under $10 million. Uh, I don't think it's a move that really surprises anybody. Collins definitely has the talent, but unfortunately, I feel like the lack of effort definitely hurt him, not only with the team, but with the fan base as well. Uh, Brandon, what did you think of the move? Uh, I agree. It was something that just needed to happen. I, I was ready for him to go. He was so up and down. When when we first got him, he was he was really good, and he was really good coming out of New England. I love the it, train. I mean, a third-round pick for him, I thought that was pretty nice deal for us definitely yeah at the time it was a steal for sure and he he he, the first like I said the first year or two he played really well but he really started to just kind of I I don't even know what it was it just some games he would be fine and he would look like what he was but a lot more of the games he just looked like garbage at times yeah, and uh, when we did make a trade, I do remember a bunch of New England fans uh, saying that this was going to happen. He was kind of lackadaisical, didn't seem like he gave much effort. I thought that was more just the fans of New England trying to pump this trade up for their own sake. But yeah. it actually, unfortunately, seemed like it was true. Yeah, I mean, he had problems keeping people wrapped up, missing tackles. A lot of plays you can look back and point out and just see – a complete lack of effort. Um, it, it was just like he had to be in a certain mindset if he was going to feel like playing that day. Right. And it was it was time to move on. That, that outside linebacker position, we need to upgrade anyway, so him leaving isn't going to really hurt us. He can probably go get a job somewhere else and, you know, be in that rotational or even start crack the starting lineup somewhere. But we're ready to make an upgrade, I think, in that area and it just didn't make sense holding on to him and I think Dorsey kind of gave him an option like hey we can you know work something out and restructure your deal sounded like he wasn't interested in that right which which is fine for him sure you know whatever so I think it was just yeah I think it was a good move on the Browns part I think it was time to part ways yeah and and for it I'm curious to see if they end up going with uh, Avery as a starter, taking over for Collins, or if they're going to look to add somebody. My bet is they're definitely going to look to add somebody as a starter out there. Yeah. 
Uh, but make no mistake about it, Avery will definitely have a role with the team. I've, I've been a big advocate for oh, yeah. Jannard Avery, so I, I would that's something I'd really, really like to see. He's he's just a I don't think he'll ever be a full time linebacker, which is not a bad thing or a slight at him. He'll definitely make an impact, uh, whether it's an edge defender or situations at linebacker. Uh, he had one of the worst coverage grades according to Pro Football Focus, which was a big knock of him coming out of Memphis. But he was yeah. a, a very good at getting to the quarterback. So. It will be interesting. I think they're definitely going to look to sign a couple guys. Uh, I've heard from a couple people in the know that Thomas Davis uh, could be a potential target, which shouldn't be a surprise. It's not breaking news or anything. He's right. a guy from Steve Wilkes, knows him from Carolina, would be a good veteran, I think, to help Wilkes in uh, installing his defense. That doesn't mean Davis is going to come in and start by any means, but definitely a name to keep an eye on. Uh Dion Buchanan as well. He's an outside linebacker from Arizona. So guys like that might be coming in to provide some depth. They'll definitely look in the draft as well. There's a couple guys that are coming out that I really like. Uh, you know, you and I have talked about it. Devin White, Devin Bush. Uh, there's a guy from Minnesota named Blake Cashman coming out. Uh, so actually, it's funny. Cashman has the second shortest wingspan out of linebackers in the past five years. Do you know who the shortest one was? This is this is going to be mean. It is. Shaquem Griffin. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, my God. I knew it. But that, you know that's what? A, that's a literal stat. That's not me making a dig. That's a literal stat. You know what's funny is you you didn't tell me that before the show. So Correct. that's exactly who I was thinking of when you brought that up. And that's so funny that I just... that. Yeah, it just clicked right. like that, but right, and yeah, I mean Griffin's a pretty good player for not having that hand, but anyway. So point being, there's a lot of options to be able to add a linebacker. Yeah, and as we as we get into the show too, a little bit later on, I mean we're gonna definitely go over oh yeah you know, some specifics of some guys we might be looking at and who's, who, who's become available available and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, so. The biggest news from the last couple of days is the big trade that came out. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody's very familiar with the fact that the Browns and Giants have been discussing Odell Beckham Jr. That was I, a hellish two to three days. It was. For me. Yeah, that was very stressful. My eyes burned from checking Twitter so often. It, and it was just so much up and down. It was oh, things are really heating up. This is really going to happen. And then, it, and then there was like a second where it's like, no, this. This is this is all fake, or this isn't really going to happen. And then it kind of ramped back up again, and then it went back down. And I just couldn't not handle the highs and the lows of this. Right, and when this all first started coming out, I had texted uh, somebody in the know-how and asked them how real this talk was. And I was, I was told it was real, and I was also sent popcorn emojis. So, obviously nothing's happened yet. Maybe maybe the emojis were for the Vernon trade. I don't know. But, I mean, there was at least, at minimum, there were discussions with the Giants about it. And maybe, maybe they're not dead yet. And, and that's all it seemed to be. Everybody who claimed that they had something going on or they knew something, that's all they were doing was throwing out the, the eye emojis, that the was, look emojis, and that. the popcorn yeah. emojis. They're just like, oh, I can't say nothing. 
but I'm gonna throw but this little this right. little funny emoji at you just to freak you out. And it, it was it was very messed up on all their parts. And really, if we're really looking back and thinking on it, I don't think the players. I think all their tweets and stuff were just totally random and kind of irrelevant stuff. I don't think it was ever about a trade or anything like that. No, from from the dive that I did, it just seemed like it, it started off with you Randling, know a little bit of like just yeah. friendly like teammate yeah. you know competition bickering like you know Demarius Randall saying you know bring it on to guys like Jarvis Landry like let's right. they're yeah. just saying like hey let's let's put in work it's the off season we're ready to get back to work and let's let's get together and work out and work on our games together and have you know a little friendly competition kind yeah. of deal i think that's all it was and yeah. people and but- you know Rumors started running, eye emojis started popping up on Twitter, and, you know, you see all sorts of people tweeting about it. So, maybe, who knows, maybe there's more into it. But getting back to the actual trade that happened, so the Browns received Olivier Vernon and the fourth round pick number 132. That comes back to Cleveland, and we are shipping out Pro Bowl guard Kevin Zeitler and fifth round pick number 155. Brandon, what were your initial thoughts on everything? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I was a little bit nervous at first because, I I mean, I've heard of Olivier Vernon. I didn't know too much about him. But as you look more into it and you hear, you know, especially like more, I listen to a lot of Cleveland radio talk, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that helped me rationalize it initially, initially before I was able to kind of do my own research into it. Uh, first off, I like that we were able to, you know, move up a couple picks, get into the fourth round. That yeah, that's something that is very under talked about. Yeah, I I think that was definitely done on purpose with the thought of moving up in the draft. But, uh, yeah. As as far as the players though, losing Kevin Zeitler, it's you know it's gonna suck a little bit. But we drafted Austin Corbett for a reason, and John right. Dorsey is not going to let him not get a shot. He's yep. not going to draft a guy in the second round and just not let him get a chance to play. And I think with him translating, even though we drafted him as a tackle, him translating better better as a guard, that's you know him saying, hey, it's, it's your turn to get a shot. And I think he believes in him. And when you look at Olivier Vernon and what he can do, I'll kind of get your thoughts and then we'll kind of – talk about what he's done over the last couple of years, but it, I like having a dangerous pass rush and that's something when you pair him and miles Garrett together, that's exactly what you're going to have. It's going to be really scary for opposing teams. And I would almost, you know, argue that, you know, the, the pass rushers guys who can get to the quarterback are going to have a little bit more value than, the you know offensive line guys right so my thoughts on it is at first I was not a fan of getting rid of Kevin Zeitler I thought coming off I believe he was the best graded guard from pro football focus last year uh paying a guard 10 million dollars is not ideal by any means I mean Zach Martin I believe makes 13 or 14 million Mm -hmm. and so Zeitler's been a great fit in the middle with Treader and Betonio, but I would much rather pay a good pass rusher 15 million 
than a good guard at 10 million. Uh, I mean, Vernon has struggled the last couple of years due to injury. However, I mean, he still has 51 sacks out of the 103 games he's played, which averages out to a little under half a sack a game. He's also had 130 quarterback hits, which is almost, it's like one and a quarter quarterback hits per game. Uh, this past year, even though he was injured for the first four games of the year, he all uh, he graded out at number 13 from Pro Football Focus off the edge, and Miles was number 12. Uh, talking to, or hearing beat writers talk about him, he played through a lot of injuries as well. Very tough guy. You could tell he was in a lot of pain on the sidelines, but would <gasps> stick it out and go back in the next series. I think... He also struggled, and I don't even want to say struggle. I believe he averaged about seven, seven and a half sacks at his time in New York, which is pretty good. The problem is they had him in a 3-4 defense, so he was standing up the whole time. Yeah. Uh, And he had absolutely nobody across from him. And another thing to factor in is he was going against the left tackles in the NFC East, which is Jason Peters, Trent Williams, and Tyron Smith. Those are three of the better left tackles in the league. Yeah. So if you combine all that, you have Miles on the new side. You're going to go against right tackles in the AFC North where Pittsburgh just got rid of their right tackle for garbage pretty much to Arizona. Uh, so I would say Vernon's definitely a perfect Robin to Miles's Batman. Uh I would like to keep Ogba in order to keep a very good, deep edge uh, rotation going. Uh, Chris Smith surprised me pretty well last year. So I think we have the edge guys. We have the rotation now. Vernon's definitely going to start over Ogba. Uh, so, yeah, I, I overall, I, I do like it. Again, I think a underrated aspect of it is definitely the trade move up. Yeah, if you look at... Um just what it does for the the Browns defense as a whole and what having a combination of Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon is going to do for your team. Um, what I was listening to with Cleveland Browns daily, Nathan Zagura was talking about it a little bit and kind of broke it down a couple different ways. Um, one of the more interesting ones was if you go back the last 14 years, uh, mm-hmm. Since 2004, there was only one season where the Browns had two defensive uh, players have more than six sacks, and actually they were, just like I believe he said, six sacks on the mark, and that was in 2012 with uh, Jaquay Parker and Jabal Sheard. Right. And Olivier Vernon has averaged you know, over, had a minimum of six and a half sacks in his last six seasons. Right. Which, if you take that, only four players in the league have averaged six and a half sacks over the last four seasons. So that's incredible consistency there. He gets to the quarterback. I mean, absolutely. And, and make no mistake about it, he's pretty decent against the run as well. I mean, he's he's more of an all around guy. Quick note on that: last year, Larry Ogunjobi was half a sack away from six. Right. So, well, you add Larry him can in get there too. Yeah, Larry oh, can yeah. get into the the pass or the quarterback as well. Our I mean, D- he's a pretty good pass rusher as well. Our D line is going to be very disruptive. Oh, just and just wait. I think there is for the people who don't like the trade, who are you know are really mad that we traded Zeitler. There's kind of been 
you know, little false narrative that I've kind of seen go around. Like he's older and he's like on the out of his career. He's just 28 years old. That's not too old. It's nah, not he's, young, he's but it's younger not too than old. younger than Zeitler. Yeah, and if you look at his stats, so in 2015 he had seven and a half sacks, and 2016, 2016 he had eight and a half. Um, which which is respectable. That's good. The last two years he had six and a half and seven, but that was also in twelve games and then eleven games. So. He's been as productive, if not more, in the you know if you count the games that he has been playing, right. And another thing Nathan Zagura pointed out was after week nine when he was pretty much back in the fold and fully healthy, he ranked as the third best pass rusher in the NFL. Yeah. If you just you know take it from that that span of time, so he's he he's still got it. Anybody who wants to try to say that he's he's almost done or he's on the decline that's wrong that's a false narrative don't believe it um the the browns plain and simple got a really great pass rusher to pair with miles garrett and larry Ogunjobi, and you know whatever defensive tackle they may look at in free agency or in the draft yeah so and they're, I- they're set for sure. I, I think th- uh, the biggest question mark in this entire trade, though, is Austin Corbett. Now, we obviously drafted him last year in the second round. He, I, I according to all reports that I had read last year, he was going to be the guy to take over for Treader at center. So now with Zeitler moving on, Treader had a great year last year. It looks like they're going to look to either A, lock up Treader in the near future or B, look to draft his replacement this upcoming draft. So with Corbett signing into right guard, if he gives you 80 85% of what Zeitler gave you, I think that's a big win for us as well. And I think he's going to have a better transition to guard than he would trying to do center because that's, that's a whole other thing is having to you know snap the ball and have that whole responsibility. I think... That, w- that would have been a big adjustment for him to have to step into that role, and I think the only reason that was brought up is because if you look at the three interior guys, I think J.C. Treader, we would all agree, is probably he- – he's good. He's but probably he would, number he would three. Have been, yeah, he would have been the, the, the worst of the three, so that would be the natural position you would kind of you know upgrade or give a rookie a chance in. Sure. But you know, getting rid of Zeitler, it opens up that hole to give him a shot, keep a guy who is a natural center and knows that position – in that role so you don't have to mess with that and just hope that you know Corbett was able to soak up enough and learn enough over the last year yeah and is able to bring that into this year and at least be average if he's at least comes in as average that's a win yeah I mean with Baker being only six foot your interior offensive line needs to be very good and with Treader still there and Petonio still there, we're still going to have a very good interior. If for whatever re- I mean, we're right now we're just assuming Corbett's going to be that guy. In free agency, there's not a whole lot of guys that really interest me. Possibly, maybe look in like the middle rounds, like maybe a guy like Michael Jordan from Ohio State. He's got experience at guard and center. That might be a guy to t- take in the fifth round, fourth round, somewhere around that range have him as your developmental center while also providing depth at center and guard. 
So I can definitely see them doing something like that. Yeah, and as far as worrying about like the chemistry of the line, obviously you can't replicate play, but everything I've seen about uh about Austin Corbett last year was he was just a sponge. He he won he was very engaged even though he wasn't playing. He was learning everything he could and that's the best, you know, scenario you could have for a guy who you intend to play in the future, but you know, at the time just they just didn't have the spot for him. And hopefully that helps him when he does step into this role. Hopefully he ain't gonna have the playing chemistry, but he will he knows those guys right very well. They all work together. They're they've all been in the same room. So it's not like you're bringing in like a free agent, somebody who hasn't been with the team. You're just kind of inserting somebody who's been around. And I think that learning curve into getting that that chemistry built up on the field will be a little bit quicker than if you were to go another direction. Not to move on too quickly, but we have a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, It looks like Pro Pro Football Talk is reporting that the Browns are now shopping Darren Fells, a veteran tight end that we picked up last year. Uh, it looks like the Jets are actually in talks with the Browns for a trade for Darren Fells. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, not a name I expected to see on the trade market. I kind of figured he would be a cut candidate if they decided to add a tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, solid guy. He's not going to kill you in the passing game. Pretty good run blocker. Uh, it seemed like him and Baker got along really well, and he was a good locker room guy. But, I mean... If we're in win-now mode with the AFC North wide open, I don't blame them for trying to look to upgrade that tight end number two spot. Yeah, he was he was kind of a surprise for me last year. Like, I didn't like him initially because I love Seth the Valve. Me and too, yeah. He, you know, kind of took an extra, you know, spot on the depth chart. You know, he was ahead of Seth the Valve all year and was, you know, taking reps away from him, so... But he produced. He, he he definitely played a good role with this team. Made you know a couple big plays for us. If we can get anywhere, which five might be a little bit high, but any any kind of like late round compensation for it, that'd be great. Yeah. Um. And anything, I wish him well. Anything I mean, for him. Yeah. I I have no no issues with him. Not like I'm, you know, like pushing for him to to be out of Cleveland. I don't have anything against him, but yeah, if we can get some kind of compensation for him and whether we look for, you know, a tight end in the draft, I know we've, we've talked about a couple over the last few episodes or, you know, you're, you want to try to bring Seth the valve up to a bigger role. Now he's kind of getting close to probably when his, his rookie contract being up. So it might be time for them to see what the deal with him is. Sure. And looking at Darren Fells' contract, we have him signed through the 2020 season. So, I mean, he's making this upcoming season, it'll be a little bit over $2.5 million, and in, in 2020, it'll be a little over $3.5 million. So, I it, wouldn't think that's someone we could actually like trade and get something for, though. I feel like that's somebody <laughs> that teams, if, if that's coming out, which happens a lot, that we're shopping him around or, you know, we're kind of looking to get rid of him. It's more, teams teams yeah. might just wait till to see if we release them. Right. We might have pointed that out there just to see who see if there's a market for it. Exactly. Yeah. Um so I I mean money wise, unless they're really planning on spending a lot or making a big trade to bring somebody in, I wouldn't think money would be the reason for that trade. Yeah. I would think it's more for the fact that 
we want to upgrade that position and uh, get anything for him if we plan on cutting him. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I, I we'll, we'll talk about it here in a little bit, but I, I there is a free agent target I really want to look at for the tight end position. Okay, yeah, we'll uh, get into that soon. Um, before we go into the uh, signings, the guys who you know are released, franchise tags, we're going to get into all that in a little bit, but we wanted to go back and do our free agency spotlight. We haven't, we didn't do it last week, I don't believe. Correct. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do the free agency spotlight on the cornerback position this week. We got a couple of guys that you know we're looking at to come in and add depth to our cornerback position. And yeah, like I said, after that, we're going to kind of get into the whole range of what's going on in the NFL and eventually get into maybe some more guys that the Browns could look uh, into picking up and whatnot. So to start it off, uh, Mark, who do we got on the roster now? Yeah, so at this current moment, our cornerback room looks like this. Uh, we have Denzel Ward, uh, Pro Bowler's rookie season. Terrence Mitchell, who had a pretty solid year last year uh, before the wrist injury. Uh, we have TJ Carey, who we signed for a pretty big contract, but I believe either this year or next year we do have an out for him. So do not be surprised if we do look to add cornerbacks, whether it's in the draft or free agency. Carey could be kind of one of those surprise cut guys, so keep your eye on that. Uh, Tavier Thomas, we have him as pretty much a special teams demon uh he was pretty good on special teams so i i don't think he would make too much of an impact on the field for defensive purposes mm -hmm. and then we still also have howard wilson uh he's been hurt the last two years to knee injuries he's still on the roster he was drafted in the fourth round a couple years ago so he does have talent we'll see if they uh continue to keep him or if they decide to move on from him yeah uh before we get into the guys i i like terrence mitchell a lot he started off really really strong this year uh and then he got hurt and after he came back he just wasn't playing up to how he was the first couple games before that injury so i'm kind of interested to see how coming into this season if he's kind of back to that where he was at the beginning of the last season and mm -hmm. Let's hope that's the case because that would, you know, that's a very good one too with Ward and Mitchell playing at that level. Right. Yeah. And a couple guys that are free agents. We have both EJ and Philip Gaines. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I like EJ a lot. I hope they look to re sign him, maybe another one year deal, something smaller cost. Um, and then, kind of surprisingly, we decided not to tender Brian Body Calhoun. And he looks to be uh, hitting the market as a free man. Mm -hmm. He, to me, is the Duke Johnson of our defense. A guy who has always been pretty solid in his time, but never really got a full opportunity. Yeah, and he's, you know, seemed a little bit un underappreciated at Exactly, time, so. yeah. So, I mean, he now, don't get me wrong, he's never going to be a lockdown guy. He's never going to be a star but he's gonna he's really he's good a pretty that, solid guy he's really good in that Versatile. Uh, slot cornerback role for sure yeah i mean moved him to free safety and played a little bit there when randall had to go to corner so yeah i don't know um 
but yeah, overall, I would say the room as of right now is a six and a half, seven. Uh, I mean, you have your number one lockdown guy in Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. You have some depth with Mitchell and Carey and maybe Howard Wilson. Maybe. Kind of have to play that one by ear and see. Um, but yeah, I we have a couple guys here. Brandon, who do you... Uh, who would you like for them to kind of take a look at? Yeah, well, somebody who's actually already been reported to uh, be or who was brought in for a visit with the Browns is uh, Kevin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had some issues with concussions over the last couple years, but he was a first round pick, and I think you know if he can stay healthy, he's he's got good ability. I think he could be a really good pickup for us and somebody who could add really good depth to uh the team yeah definitely i uh, the injuries scare me uh i mean i'm already on my toes with denzel ward in terms of concussions so it'll be interesting to see if they uh do look to sign kevin johnson now he is uh out on another visit with the new york jets and he also visited with the buffalo bills okay so something to keep an eye on for sure uh Another guy I think that we could take a look at is Captain Munnerlin, who was recently released by the Carolina Panthers. Obvious connection there is with Steve Wilkes. Uh, Munnerlin's more of a slot type of cornerback, which I think would fit us pretty pretty nicely, considering Body Calhoun is going to more than likely be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Munnerlin had a... He was the 83rd ranked cornerback uh, by Pro Football Focus, which is pretty much average. Uh, so he might be a guy. He's familiar with Wilkes's system. An older veteran guy might rub off to the likes of Ward and Wilson. So he might be a guy to keep your eye on. Yeah, he's not too bad. He wasn't really uh, like one of the primary starters last year. But, I mean, he's still... He had nine pass deflections, an interception, uh, 47 combined tackles. So, I mean, he's he's at least active even when he's not on the field at all times. Sure. So it could definitely be uh, just another, like, I, like I've been saying, another good guy to add depth because I think where we're at, our, our top two guys are kind of hopefully locked in. Terrence Mitchell being the more flexible of the two, but yeah. – yeah, I, I I agree. He uh, is some somebody we should look at and uh, see you know what it would take to bring him in. And then uh, the last guy on our list, uh, Stephen Nelson. Yeah, uh, he's actually got a uh, surprisingly good uh, Pro Football Focus grade. Yeah, he was uh, rated the number thirty three overall cornerback. Yeah. He on, graded uh, above average. Yeah. So that was uh he he he's definitely somebody else they could look into bringing in. Obvious connection being from Kansas City. Uh, I believe John John Dorsey drafted him, so there's mm-hmm. the obvious connection there. Uh he's still a young can, guy. Yeah, he's only 26. You can never have too many guys at cornerback. Cornerback and edge rushers, you can never have too many. Don't tell me otherwise. You need both of them. You need depth. You need guys being able to rotate in and out, especially in the passing league that we have now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I Stephen Nelson would be a really nice pickup. I do like him a lot. Uh, it all depends on the money as well, obviously. Um, but I don't, I don't think Nelson will have a big contract demands or anything, and mm-hmm. he, familiar, 
familiarity with Dorsey definitely helps. One other name we're not going to get super into, but keep an eye on Bryce Callahan as well. He's from Chicago. Another slight slot guy. Probably won't command a huge contract as well, but he's definitely a guy you want to keep your eye on coming up here in uh, the start of free agency on Thursday. All right, sounds good. That's going to do it for our uh, free agent spotlight on the cornerback position. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to kind of just go around the NFL and talk about all the players released, all the uh, franchise-tagged players, a couple signings and a couple trades that were going on. So we'll go over that when we get back. All right, we are going to go around the NFL Talk about all of the, let's call it pre-free agency uh, players that were released, uh, a couple guys who were signed. Going to go over the guys who were franchise tagged. Uh, there was, there's been a couple of trades, so we're going to kind of run through all that and kind of give our thoughts on on all of those. And we're going to start off with the players that have been released. Now keep this in mind, nothing is official until Thursday. Thursday at 4 o'clock is when the new season is officially underway. Highly, highly doubt none of these or any of these fall through for whatever reason, but nothing is technically official. Yeah. These are all been reported by the Ian Rappaports, the M. Schefters, etc. Yeah, that's how all this stuff works. And I guess I get the idea of like the new league year and stuff. But oh, yeah. I why do they have to like do this? Like it's it's kind of stupid to me like if I don't know. I'm going to I'm just going to move on. Let's yeah, let's get yeah. into it. That's a topic for another day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um so yeah, so I'm just going to run through uh some of the guys who were released and then we'll go back and kind of like uh go more in depth and talk about them a little bit. So Malik Jackson, uh Danny Amendola, Justin Houston, Mike Glennon, Tayshawn Gibson, Mark Barron, and Demarius Thomas are the kind of like first grouping of guys we're going to talk about. Yeah, those are definitely more of the big name guys. Mm-hmm. Um, first name that sticks out to me right away is definitely Malik Jackson. Uh, former Pro Bowler and got a big contract with Jacksonville. He is halfway through his contract uh, before they decide to release him. He did have a pretty down year last year. However, you could say that about the entire team of Jacksonville. Yeah. So he would definitely be a guy, one or two-year contract, bring him in. He's uh, either 28 or 29 years old. Have him around for a couple years. If we draft a guy maybe in the middle rounds to replace him eventually, uh, I think he would be a great fit. And I think he'd find a little bit of a new life, you know, uh, just being next to Miles and Vernon and Larry, yeah. so I think I think Jackson out of this list that you just named is definitely the one I would want the most. Yeah, if if we don't you know go another direction, I mean, like I said, I think we need to get one more very solid defensive tackle. So I, you know, he he's definitely somebody the Browns. I I agree would benefit you know looking at and bringing him in and seeing what he can bring to the table for us. Uh, right. Jacksonville, they just kind of cleaned house to a little bit Oh yeah, of an well, extent. You need to be able to... Uh, not that that's 
Yeah, need to be able to sign a quarterback, which is what they're rumored to be doing. So, right. I mean, they cut a uh, guy we didn't list, Jeremy Parnell. He was their starting right tackle. Mm-hmm. No interest in him. That's why goes, he wasn't included. But he goes five total players. They uh, releasing four off the top of my head. It was Malik Jackson, Tayshawn Gibson, Jeremy Parnell, and I believe their long snapper. I believe those were the four, and it saved him about thirty million bucks. Okay. Okay. So uh, Gibson, he's kind of interesting. He's still young. He's only twenty eight. Uh, Browns are very familiar with him. Browns mm-hmm. fans, I should say, not this current regime. Right. That was what four regimes ago, probably that. Had yeah, him. It, was a, it was a little while ago. It was yeah, early news. Uh, I, I did. I liked him here. He, I, he definitely underperformed his contract while he was in Jacksonville. He might not be a bad guy to look at for just a depth purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what he's looking for money wise. I don't know what he's looking for role wise. But if he's not looking for a big payday and is fine as kind of like a backup or fill in type of role, I. I would I wouldn't mind Gibson. Yeah, I don't think you know he fit he fits you know coming back to the Browns or anything, but he can he can go somewhere and get a get a starting job at his safety yeah, position I, and yeah be a good player. I think we we definitely need some depth at safety. Derek Kindred's fine, but he was kind of rumored in that Odell Beckham talk, so you never know what they feel about him. Um, and Jermaine Whitehead's still on the team. We just tendered him. So they might be looking to uh, kind of upgrade the depth at the safety. And obviously this is all tingent as well on us agreeing to a contract extension with Demarius Randall, which I feel like both sides want that. And both sides definitely – it makes sense for both sides. Yeah, absolutely. I We, we need to, to pay him and bring him back for sure. Uh, another guy uh, on the list we mentioned, uh, Danny Amendola, one of uh, Tom Brady's previous uh, f- top targets at one point. One of the one of the guys who, when he was on the Patriots, he he's somebody who generally wouldn't be probably anything crazy, and then Tom Brady happens to you, and. He, he had a couple good put, years put with the numbers. Rams. Yeah, he's he had never, some good years he, with the Rams. Yeah, he's not going to be he's he's never been that 1000-yard guy, but he's he can put up 5-600 yards for you a season and snag a couple touchdowns, play that like slot role very well. Um he he's somebody I don't think the Browns really need to look his direction. Yeah, I have zero 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 interest in DM. But he can go, he can go somewhere and get paid. I mean, he still had uh, 59 receptions and almost 600 yards last year with a with a touchdown. Um, so he can he can still play. He's he can go to another team and uh, put up put up some numbers. He'll probably probably be in that, like I said, 50 to 60 receptions, around 500 yards range for however long he's got left. But he's also older. He's 33 years old. Yeah. So. And he's had some injuries in the past, so who knows how he, long he sticks he, around. He's just some vet hands at this point. Right. Uh, another guy that was definitely a potential signee or trade candidate for the Browns was Justin Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a surprise that they did release him. Uh, with the Vernon trade, I'm not quite sure how he would fit in. With us, I don't think Houston is old enough or not good enough to where he shouldn't start. 
Uh, he's going to probably command a pretty decent contract as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the connection with Dorsey is pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty obvious there. Uh, with Vernon and Garrett, Ogba, Avery, Chris Smith. I, I say we pass on Houston. If we didn't have Vernon, I would maybe take a flyer on him. But I think at this point, he's he's n- just doesn't fit with us. Yeah, it, I agree. If if we didn't pick up Vernon and we're really still looking to get a premier pass rusher, I think he can still be that for a couple more years at least. I mean, last in 2018 he had nine sacks, and in 2017 he had nine and a half. So he's still a very very productive pass rusher. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but I don't, you know, think we're looking that direction of somebody that that prominent now that we we picked up Vernon. He'll he'll be a really nice, you know, grab for wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. He'll, he'll get a nice little contract. But I don't think uh, the Browns need to be looking in his direction. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. Um. How about uh? Now that I'm looking at the name, somebody who the Browns might look up or look into as a potential backup. Mike Glennon? Eh. I'm not going to I'm not going to advocate for it. I know somebody who will advocate for it. Who's that? Jeff Phelps. Oh boy. Phelps he loves uh Mike Glennon. But realistically I don't I don't think they should. I don't like him, but yeah, he that experiment <laughs> went really badly with him. The the whole I mean he- Arizona is turning into the old Cleveland Browns at this point. You get rid of Steve Wilkes as the first-year head coach. You sign Bradford and Mike Glennon to pretty big money. Mm-hmm. But get rid of both of them in a year. I mean, Bradford was well before a year. Now they're looking to trade Josh Rosen, who they traded up to get. They're just they're a cluster. But yeah, Mike Glennon, I, I'm good on that. He is he made a lot of money for barely playing so hey good for him but yeah i i don't think he fits with our team just the way he plays and stuff i, I would rather look for a younger guy maybe day three mm-hmm. and keep drew stan kind of in that backup role yeah i agree uh another guy uh on this list uh mark Barron. yeah he's interesting he uh had a couple good years in St. Louis. They moved him to outside linebacker from free seat or uh, strong safety. Uh, L.A. I'm sorry. What did I say? St. Louis. Oh, whatever. It's it's always going to be St. Louis. Well, he to was, me. He was there since 2014. So I mean, technically, they would they they were yeah. still the St. Louis. Yeah, Rams yeah, there, that's so. what. Yeah, it's always St. Louis to me. But anyways, uh, he had a down year last year. Mm-hmm. They are obviously kind of money strapped with kind of who they have and whatnot mm-hmm. um he he'd be okay i i think wilkes would definitely use him kind of like he used shaq thompson in carolina uh because baron's more of a, a thinner type of linebacker a little bit on the smaller end yeah but dude's pretty fast and can play with speed so uh, it actually I, says i mean he's a linebacker comma safety so right yeah, and probably more like a little bit bigger of like a Jabril Peppers, who, right? If, if he, he would were be, to be a linebacker, he would but. be what everybody kind of wanted Jabril Peppers to be when he first came out, right? Um, I mean, he'd be okay if he was a smaller money type of signing, maybe a depth or come in and compete for the spot that Collins uh, left vacant. That that sure. would be okay. 
maybe him and like a third round draft pick kind of battle it out. So yeah, uh, I, I would be okay with it, but I, I'm not pounding the table for it either. Yeah, somebody who when you initially hear the name uh, Demarius Thomas, yeah, I mean pass. he's a very I mean very highly regarded, but yeah, he's had some issues as of late as well. The he uh, was he arrested. Just had a, he just had a torn Achilles. He just He's got injured. into some legal trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's he got problems. Is how old? 30? He is 31. Yeah. 31. That's a hard I mean, pass. What, so what did he tear it at the end of the season, though? Uh, they traded he, him, and they... How says many he played he play? 15. Yeah, so... Had 89. So that was probably... Oh, no, sorry. He had 59 uh, receptions. Yeah, so that was probably so. mid to late December that he tore it. Yeah. Say it takes a year or so, year and change to mm-hmm. get back into it. Yeah. Nope, I'm good on him. I mean, he was good in Denver, but I think this is definitely the, the downfall here. You know what? I was going to throw this in later, but since we're on the subject of uh, torn Achilles and free agents, it's not somebody who was recently released, but... I think uh I think the Browns should uh ask Des Bryant how his uh Achilles no, is doing. Gosh. No, I'm good. He can go he we're, he signed with the Saints, right? Is that who yeah. it was? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. You can stay with the Saints, it's good. All right, that's fine. Um so the next couple of guys are guys who were released but have already signed with new teams. Mm-hmm. Uh Eric Weddle to the Rams. That was a quick signing. That was yeah, like was. less than twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. I like that fit though. They're gonna lose Lamarcus Joyner to free agency and uh, Weddle. For he's an older guy, but I mean he can still play. The he helped Boston or Boston uh, help Baltimore get the number one defense mm-hmm. uh, in the league last year with Tony Jefferson. So I think he's a pretty good fit out in L.A. for sure. He's been really good for them for a long time. Um, I think they're just. I think the Ravens are just ready to go in a younger direction. Sure. Yeah, um, they have a. I I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. Uh, it's the kid from Texas, I believe. Uh, I think his name's Deshaun Elliott. Okay. Uh, I believe they're confident and ready and for him to kind of na- take that next step and take over for Weddle. So, uh, yeah, I think for the Rams, they're obviously in win now mode. Mm. So it would be a very good spot for him to potentially win a ring and uh, bring some leadership and stability to that defense. Yep. Um, another guy who was recently signed, uh, tight end Dwayne Allen to the Dolphins. I don't Man, they love to get cast away uh, yeah. New England Patriot former players. This guy hasn't done anything. I mean, he has like, I'm not going to sit here and do the math, but not even 120 yards. And the last two years, I mean, he had three receptions for the Patriots for 27 yards this season. I don't know if that's due to injury. I'd have to look that up. But, I mean, and they also have Gronk. Right, yeah, right. So, I mean, yeah, he he played, he was available for 13 games. So, that's, that's nothing. I mean, that's... I don't know how big of a role they expect him to have. Maybe if they just want that veteran presence in there. Um, so not really a big deal there. Uh, the next guy, somebody us Browns fans are familiar with, gave us a good couple weeks here in Cleveland. Carlos Hyde, mm-hmm. uh, released by the Jaguars. What a great trade that ended up being. Yeah. Uh, fifth rounder but, for 
pretty much no production and mm-hmm. got cut right after the season. You know, yeah, he's going. Awesome. He's going to the Chiefs, kind of filling the void left by uh, Kareem Hunt, who we you know ended up picking up. So yeah, yeah, he's probably a number two, maybe even a number three there. It didn't really make sense to me Jacksonville picking him up in the first place when they had Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I Fournette mean, was battling some injuries, and for whatever reason, they decided to continue their playoff push, even though it was pretty uh, very early in the season. You could kind of tell mm-hmm. what their season was going. Uh, not, I'm sorry, not to stop the conversation here, but there's a report coming out from Roto world that Antonio Brown wants between 18 and 20 million dollars per year on his new deal wherever he's dealt so uh, Brown's fans are you are you paying Antonio Brown 18 million dollars I don't want him to begin with but not for that money yeah right we can we can save this for later or maybe well I don't know He'll, he'll probably be dealt by the time we record our next one we may have to do but two I'm, episodes, depending. I'm for it. I'm I'm down with with ah. Antonio Brown. We can do maybe we can do like set up like a video thing tomorrow or or like maybe Thursday sort of free agency. Yeah, if he's not dealt by then, maybe we'll we'll kind of do a video debate on Antonio Brown because turning 31 I, in July. And, and listen, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm just gonna ignore you know all the little issues and stuff. And I'm not going to go into it now, but I have my reasons why I think it would be uh, somebody the Browns should th- throw an offer in. And if I don't even care if it's a good offer, give them give them a first rounder. If, hmm. And if they're not getting any other first round offers, maybe they consider it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that later on because I highly disagree. But yeah, so let let's let's move on from that. Um, we're going to get into some of the franchise tagged players. Uh, a couple of them, I mean, are probably going to be intended to stay, but there's also a couple that were franchised, but the teams are still trying to trade them. Um, the first name on the list, Jadavian Clowney. Well, actually, I'm just gonna I'm gonna read through them all. Yeah, and yep. then we'll talk about them after. So, Jadavian Clowney, uh, Frank Clark, Robbie Gold, Grady Jarrett, Demarcus Lawrence, D. Ford. And Donovan Smith, but it says yeah he was already resigned. Uh, Tampa Bay and him already came to a contract okay. extension. So, and that honestly that might have even been before the tag. I, sure, I don't remember exactly. The big name on that list for me personally is Grady Jarrett. He's one of the better defensive mm-hmm. tackles in the league. I think he would have been a beautiful fit next to Larry Ogunjobi, especially now with Vernon and uh, Miles Garrett. So I'm wondering. You know, Atlanta's, they're pretty short on cash. Uh, They need to extend their linebacker. That's a stud. His name is escaping me right now. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, they got Julio Jones, Matt Ryan. I mean, they got some big money over there in Atlanta. So, Mm -hmm. if they do decide to keep Jared, they're going to be pretty strapped on cash. But I wonder if that might be a potential sign-and-trade type of uh, play that we could go about. Yeah, and that's somebody we talked about when we did the free agency spotlight on one of the previous episodes. Yeah. So, yeah, I I could see if he became available, if they start shopping him around. Um, I would like definitely like to, the Browns to inquire about him. Yeah, if they feel like there's not going to be a 
good trade or uh, excuse me, a good prospect at number seventeen. Mm-hmm. Whether they're drafted earlier, maybe they don't like guys, or go a different I, direction, or go right. a different direction, whatever it may be. I think Jarrett would definitely be a guy, but I I really feel like uh, Jarrett a trade for Jarrett would have to be before the draft if mm-hmm. that was to happen. Uh, Atlanta has also been connected to Ed Oliver, which would make a great duo in the middle there. So they might be seeing that and definitely fantasizing about that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see you know, what they look for. Uh, another guy I on that list I think I would like is uh, Javion Clowney. However, it seems like Houston's pretty content on keeping him for sure. Don't blame him at all for that. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a versatile dude who could pretty much play anywhere on our defensive line in the 4-3 and – Gosh, could you just imagine him and Miles Garrett on yeah, a team together? That's that, just ugh, drooling over here. Give me a bib. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but I mean, we got we got Vernon, so that'll that'll do. Right, the job. but I mean, Clowney, he, he's not Clowney, but Clowney's big and strong and fast enough. Man, put him next to Ogan Joby on the inside. Clowney would mean me? we would have Batman and Batman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. That'd be nice. But I, other than that. Frank Clark doesn't do anything for me because he also has been charged with domestic stuff. Not a huge fan of that. Yeah. Uh, and for him, Demarcus Lawrence and D Ford, those are all guys who are edges. Don't know. I want to pay a big contract for another edge like Vernon. Mm-hmm. I don't see the need for that anymore. I think we're going to look more just for, you know, rotational guys and things right. like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think out of the franchise tag list, unless they make a play for Jared or Clowney, maybe even that. Uh, other than that, I, nobody else really interests me at this time. Yeah. Uh, aside from the Zeitler-Vernon trade that mm-hmm. we touched on earlier, there were a couple other uh, trades around the league. Uh, Case Keenum got sent to the Redskins. Uh, yep. Yeah. So what whatever they're doing there now is Alex Smith out for next year? Like is Probably. he already out for the whole year? I, I would uh, I would assume so. They're going to assume so. Yeah, so there there's going to be probably a little bit of a a fun little quarterback battle there between Case Keenum and uh Colt McCoy. Uh, Colt McCoy, yeah. Man. But that, they they might be a, a team looking at a quarterback in the draft too, so. You got quarterback problems? Can't relate. Yeah. No right. shit. Honestly, the Redskins <laughs> are so content with just being mediocre to below mediocre it's unbelievable mm-hmm. they are they will never win a super bowl with snyder being their owner there's no doubt in my mind yeah at all they just seem to stay medi- so yeah. mediocre and they're content with that for hey, whatever reason go for it uh the other trade that went down uh michael bennett to uh to the patriots um from philly they also are sending uh was it like uh, a 2027th to yeah. the Patriots, and then uh, Philly is going to get the a 2025th rounder. So not no not a blockbuster or anything like that. Yeah, he's he's a good player. It's the Patriots. But, you know how that all goes. They're playing chess. Everybody else is playing checkers type of deal. So uh, not, not you never long. know. You never know. It might yeah. might be a nice uh, move for them. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick second here, and then we're going to talk about a couple of guys that uh, Mark would like to see the Browns bring in and a couple of guys I'd like to see the Browns bring in. I don't know if we're going to declare these predictions or whatnot. I'm going to predict it. So, yeah, so Mark's is a prediction. 
I'll, I'll make mine predictions too. Let's right let's we'll just yeah we'll go just put it balls to the wall. Let's do it. All right. All right. So obviously, free agency is only a few days away. Uh, we are recording this on Saturday, so uh, just in five days here on Thursday at four o'clock is when the new season officially starts. So, guys, I'm looking at for the Browns to bring in. I, we're we're gonna call it predictions. I, I, first off, I think we're gonna end up signing Malik Jackson. I already talked about him earlier. He'd just be a good veteran to have in, start maybe a year or two, and then pass it off to a guy if we do draft him. Uh, if we don't draft a guy. I think we're going to end up trading for Vernon Butler. Now, he's stuck in Carolina behind Don Terry Poe and Kawan Short. He was drafted the same year as Emmanuel Ogba. So what I'm kind of thinking is if we trade Ogba and pick number 144 to Carolina Mm -hmm. for Vernon Butler, and I believe it's number 115, 113 they pick around, uh, they need a defensive end. They have no pass rush pretty much. We get to move up into the draft again, which gives us just more ammo. Mm-hmm. We get a young guy who hasn't exactly panned out as Carolina would have liked, and maybe a fresh scenery for both of those guys could do them both well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think we're going to take a flyer on Tyler Eifert. I think, obviously, his injuries have played a huge factor in his career. However, he was a pro bowler. He's very good. He can do a little bit of everything. He'd be a nice target. We had already talked about Darren Fells possibly being moved. So Eifert could end up being a guy to take that second tight end role from Fells. That's that's what I was actually just thinking. Uh, now, now you say that is yeah. if, you know, Darren Fells is on the move and you're looking to bring in another veteran tight end, that's somebody they could look at for sure. Yeah, and I think even if they bring in Eifert, I still think they could possibly uh, draft one. Because with DeValve, as much as I like him, I'm thinking what they might do, move on from Orson Charles, have Seth DeValve as kind of that fullback slash H-back kind of uh, player. Sure. You know, catches passes out of the backfield, lead blocker. Obviously, the fullback's almost dead in the NFL nowadays. So having a guy as athletic as DeValve in that role would be, I think, a pretty good situation. Yeah, Uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And... The one thing I do not want the Browns to do is sign Tyrell Williams. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm on board with that for sure. Yeah, and I, I like Williams as a player. He's a good ex receiver on the outside. Don't get me wrong. However, he's gonna probably be the number one free agent wide receiver. You're gonna have to pay quite a bit to get him. Uh with Baker being able to spread the ball around to pretty much whoever's open, mm-hmm. I don't think the true dominant number one receiver is necessary for our offense. Uh, there's, it, there's only one guy that's worth doing that for, but we'll, we'll get uh, to that boy. later. Uh, and I, honestly, you can get a guy. I, I'm draft crushing hard on Hakeem Butler. If he's there at number 49 for the second round, I would snap him up in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Yeah. He's going to be cheaper, and I think he's going to be better than Williams. So, uh, yeah, I think that those are my four kind of pretty solid, I feel pretty good about kind of predictions. Yeah, the players uh, I'm I'm looking at. Oh the boy. first one is oh boy. C.J. Mosley. Okay. Um, He... I don't want the thing with Mosley is it's kind of a conditional thing. I don't want him to come in here 
and take over like the middle linebacker spot. Him or Schobert, they need to both be on the field at the same time. I think Schobert is as good as Mosley, so I don't think you need to pay somebody in here to take his role and like push him to a backup role. So if it's something where you can get them both on the field as one of you know one of them in that outside you know technical outside linebacker role, I think it'd be a really good move for him, and that would really beef up the linebacker position where we're you know hurting at a little bit right now. Yeah, I, I I'm not too familiar with Wilkes's defense to know how he uses linebackers, but you got to mm-hmm. think you know he had Shaq Thompson, Thomas Davis, and Luke Keekley all on the field at the same time. So he's probably he's used to having good linebackers on the field. Yeah. So I think Schobert's athletic enough to where he can play an outside linebacker, and I uh, put Mosley in the middle definitely. Yeah. Um. Another position that we've talked about a lot, think you know, to the Browns should address is that defensive tackle position, and I a lot of I've heard a lot of rumors lately. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's been floated out there that Ndamukong could be a real option for Cleveland, and they could be you know one of the teams you know, higher up on the list to land him. And I think that'd be a good pickup for us. Mostly because I don't want to bring somebody in and have to give them a long multi-year contract that's going to start interfering down the road when we have to start paying guys like Miles Garrett and Mm -hmm. Baker Mayfield. He's perfect. We can probably give him a really good chunk of change for like one or two years while we're still really good on cap space. But with Ogan Joby, I think he's going to be like the one guy. If we're going to pay anybody, we're going to be paying him going forward because he's a good young player. So I think Nadamikas would be a really good guy who can come in for a year or two and be really good as a second defensive tackle for us. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think he would be a really good guy. Again, if we draft a guy maybe in the middle rounds, mm-hmm. kind of groom that guy. Uh, Ogunjobi, obviously next to him. I think that'd be a really nice trio having a th- guy in the third, uh, Sue and Ogunjobi, definitely. Yeah. And then the big one, the big and one. it's it's the one that we've we've heard about, and then we're all misled and heartbroken about. At least I was. Odell Beckham. I still oh, think boy. we need to try to work it out. Obviously, I don't think it's going to happen right now. It's it's been made well known that the Giants have a lot more to gain from waiting until I think it's June 1st because there's this whole dead cap space issue with them. If mm-hmm. if they were to trade them away now, they'd be responsible for, I think, $17 million as opposed to like 4 or $5 million if they wait till after that time. Until June 1st, yeah. And that brings up a, con- a conspiracy I have that this Olivier Vernon trade, somebody who they really wanted to get off their books, Mm -hmm. is like a token of good faith saying, hey, if we get through the draft, we get into June, we're still looking to address this position and we're willing to give up enough, like, you know, level with us, give give us a shot, give us a real shot. And I think if we get to that position and we're still, you know, looking to bring him in, we could throw, you know, Ogba, who I know we talked about keeping around as like a depth player, but he's expendable in my eyes, especially for somebody like that. And obviously we would have already been through the draft, so we couldn't offer this year's first round pick. But something I thought is maybe we could trade down this year and pick up an extra first rounder in next year's draft and trade one of those 
and maybe a couple other, you know, like that, a third round pick, something like that, a couple, a couple more picks. Maybe there's another player they like that we'd be willing to part with. I don't know who that would be exactly, but I think when June comes around and we haven't done much in the draft or haven't picked up anybody up in free agency, I think he needs, Dorsey needs to call Gettleman and give it one more shot. If he didn't already. All right, so hypothetically, because I think your um, compensation might be a little bit low. Hypothetically, let's say Agba, Duke, Kindred, a first next year, and maybe a third or fourth next year. Do you do that? I know like w- what I said is low, and that's because I don't really know what to gauge. Sure. No, I would yeah, no, up, yeah. I Neither would of us be, not, yeah. Listen, I would be willing to give up way more than we should for him. Hmm. Okay. Whatever whatever that means. It's not obviously, you know, some people are gonna be like, oh, so you're gonna give up Baker Mayfield for him? You're gonna give up uh Jarvis Lane, you're gonna give up Miles Garrett for him? No, I'm not gonna do that. But there is a lot that I wouldn't give up for him. Hmm. So I I would overpay if I was a GM, but that's why I'm not a GM. That's why I am a Madden GM. There you go. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in my lane. Um, it's been you a just, common. It's you been just a wanted to thing. happen. Yeah. I get it. It's you, it's a common yeah. thing with Browns fans these days, and the way things have been trending. And I'm gonna stay stay true to that. Trust in Dorsey. Whatever he does, we know it's mm-hmm. at, at least from what we know so far, it's probably probably gonna be in the best. Uh, Interest, yeah. best interests for the team. So, and I have no knowledge of this. I don't have any sources on this one, but I really think that Dorsey's got something up his sleeve. We're gonna be trading for or signing a guy that nobody's talked about yet. I really think that he he's got something in mind. <coughs> Antonio Nothing, Brown? <coughs> no, not Antonio Brown. Oh, uh, Sorry. there's gonna be some somebody's just gonna it's gonna be random it's gonna be off the wall but it's gonna make our team a hell of a lot better yeah that that's gonna do it for the all nfl portion of the show um we're closing in to the end here um so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back do our games of the week and finish off like every episode with our hot takes All right, so obviously free agency starts on Thursday, 4 o'clock. Make sure you are ready. Bring an extra pair of pants. Dorsey could get crazy. So on top of that, obviously we did not talk about the Cavs at all this episode, but coming up on their schedule, Monday they're going to be at home against Toronto. Uh, And then Tuesday they're going to be at Philly. Thursday they're at Orlando. And then Saturday they are at Dallas. So Pretty tough schedule here coming up. Uh, Orlando and Dallas are possible winners, but uh, not looking too good against Toronto or the Sixers. I mean, but that's a good thing. Well, yeah, right. Uh, UFC as well coming up next Saturday. We have the main event of Darren Till and Jorge Masvidal. That'll be a very good fight. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Leon Edwards is taking on Gunnar Nelson. And then Volkan Ozdemir is taking on up-and-comer Dominic Reyes. So quick predictions for that. I'm going to go Jorge Masvidal. I'm going to go Leon Edwards and Dominic Reyes. 
I'm gonna, and oh, I, have, I have no knowledge of this, but I'm going to go Gunner Nelson because if you got a name like Gunner, that's that's yeah. uh, that's a recipe for a champion right there. So. Okay, fair enough. I like it. Uh, so, Brandon, let me. Uh, Let's hear your hot take of the week for the NFL free agency edition. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. Fire. Oh, fire. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm. Wait, 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 wait. So it looks like for both of us, we got very not only NFL-affiliated uh, hot takes, but quarterback affiliated hot takes. Okay. Let's hear yours. All right. Uh, I got Tyrod Taylor going to the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, who are going to trade Rosen away. I don't know where. I'm not going to speculate on that. But they're going to trade Ro- Rosen. They're going to draft Kyler. Okay. And it's going to be Cleveland Browns 2018 all over again for Tyrod. I don't know if he's going to get hurt, but they're going to try to let Kyler sit and let him learn, and then Tyrod is going to Tyrod, and he's going to get benched for Kyler, and that's going to be it. That's going to be a repeat of the Brown season. See, that's interesting because they got rid of Bradford a while ago. They just cut Glennon the other day so i mean they don't have a veteran if they're gonna go and roll with kyler murray then you and, I, you definitely need a veteran in there so two two guys who use their legs sure I mean, that's that's, use their one, legs. that's yeah. one thing you could at least make the argument for is he can have a have that veteran presence but also have that that similar play style to kind of teach from his experiences as a running quarterback and give him some helpful tips on that so that's yeah that's that's what i'm gonna make my prediction as and the hot take more comes from it being exactly like how this year panned out for the browns hmm. so it, with with another oklahoma quarterback yeah. to make it even more interesting yeah it's i it's uh hot take and i i do like that actually yeah it all makes sense uh so my hot take is actually kind of playing off yours a couple weeks ago i do not think that Nick Foles is going to go to Jacksonville. However, I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy to go to Jacksonville. Uh, I think he fits their offense better, uh, a little bit more athletic than Nick Foles. Uh, Adam Schefter's already reported that Foles and Jacksonville is not exactly a done deal, and uh, they do have interest in Bridgewater. I think it would be smart for them to go for a little bit younger of a quarterback. Um, I, I I just like the fit more. I, I think that Bridgewater's got more potential. It, it's tough because, you know, you haven't seen him play in a couple years, and he obviously went through a, a pretty bad knee injury. However, he was my favorite quarterback coming out of uh, the 2014 draft when we drafted Johnny. Uh, he's four years younger than Foles. So I think that gives him way better to grow and mesh with the team. Uh, and I, I've I've never been a huge Foles fan either. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. But right now I'm going to say Bridgewater ends up going to Jacksonville. How about this? Let's hear it. What about both of them? Ooh. What it, I mean, the the Jets did that just, what, last year? 
year yeah. before that when they brought in McCown. So or, I, well, they had re-signed McCown and then brought in Bridgewater. However, wherever Bridgewater go goes, I want him to have a real chance to play. I, I, I was going to say, I think Bridgewater is kind of done with the backup. whole backup. He or needs like, a shot. Yeah, I, he needs to prove to somebody he can come back or get the chance to prove it and fail and and then yeah. accept that he is that that backup but after his run in Minnesota he just never really got that other opportunity after coming back from the injury um another another thing that could happen is if they did go that direction maybe they they start Bridgewater and then something happens late in the season and then you you're back to uh playoff foals i i'm just saying Keep an eye on Cincinnati for a quarterback. Could be a little bit of a stunner, but I absolutely hate. They they need they need to they're 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 ready to move on for sure. I I think it would be smart for them to at least kind of see what they're asking between Bridgewater and Foles. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that wraps up our hot takes of the week. And real quick, sixteen seconds left. Murray State and my boy Ja Morant looks like they're heading to the tournament. We'll look for my boy to put on a show, future Cavalier, Ja Morant. Yeah, he uh, he might be the only one left because they're really screwing up this uh, the draft position and trying to win a couple games. Mm-hmm. So that's another topic for another day. Once again, we want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, give us a follow on Twitter and Facebook. We're also now on Instagram where we're going to try to post some clips of the show, hopefully engage more with our followers. And all of those you can find by searching at Cardi Akron Kids. Click follow and like so you can stay updated with the show. Help us spread the word. The podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time.